Pai, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Enlightened Conversations. Each week, we invite guests to share their views on the world, work, and their personal lives in an enlightened way. Our hosts have been chosen especially to role model just how we do an enlightened conversation. This episode is produced by Michelle Lightworker and sponsored by the Lightworker Foundation. Hi everyone, welcome you through to Jag Sandu on Enlightened Conversations today. Um, today I have got um, Tammy Kirkness, who is one of our new hosts, who's just joined us. Um, Tammy is a life coach. Um, someone who's come from a corporate background but has completely changed direction Um, and today I've got her as a guest um, and to learn more about her journey so let's grab Tammy um, on to the live and there we go hello How are you? Oh, I'm so fabulous. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> well, I'm, I introduced you briefly because obviously I thought we'll get to know you a bit more, a bit more about your journey and stuff. So how are you finding it? Obviously, you've joined um, Enlightened Conversations, so welcome to, to oh, the team thank you very much. and stuff. So how have you found the journey so far? Because I know you've um, had one or two shows already. So how have you found it? Yeah, I had a show uh, this time last week, actually, with Raul. Uh, really? And it was great. I must say I was a little bit nervous. But when you're around people who are just like-minded souls and who care about the same stuff that you care about, I tell you what, it makes it a thousand times easier. That's for sure. <laughs> it all comes together because Raul's lovely. He's just got this beautiful energy about him. It's just so, so amazing. Um, How, I mean, obviously, we've we've spoken briefly. um, (laughs) (laughs) It's like panic. So you come from a corporate background. So how did you kind of go from a corporate background to life coaching? Because I know you're a people person. So is that what drew you to move to coaching or was it just an awakening? What happened? (laughs) Uh, So I've always been really fascinated in in why people do what they do. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I was always kind of the you know, sitting in the background at a party watching how everybody interacted. So I think it was always... Uh, a bit of a fascination that's been there for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to university, I studied psych and uh, and business, and then I smooshed okay. those together and went into HR corporate land, basically. Wow. Uh, and so interesting. <laughs> as, as part of, the, the as part of, of that the, world. Yeah, as part of that world, the world is interesting. Obviously, with all the <laughs> politics that comes around along with it, but you come across um, a lot of complicated characters in the corporate world. Would you, wouldn't you say that? It, I wouldn't say they're so much highly strung, but it's almost like all their focus is like <laughs> work, work, work. 
but they're very competitive as well though aren't they um uh i think in particular they really fall into the comparison trap and Mm -hmm. i know that i personally did as well it's uh, when you're in a place an absolute minimum 40 hours a week which is uh, unusual in my background uh if you're spending all of your time with people who speak the same way, who want to get ahead, of course that's going to be, you know, the scenario. So uh, after basically burning out in that environment, as much as I enjoyed it and as much as I gained personally and professionally from it, uh, Mm. I sort of went, there's got to be a better way. Uh, So I was in a process of healing myself out of chronic fatigue from getting so burnt out. And then once I had done that process and it's a continual one, of course, yeah, uh, I yeah. just couldn't bear to see any other women in particular. I work with men as well, but mm-hmm. anybody else fall into that trap where they're so exhausted that, you know, getting up to go to the bathroom can be an exhausting, tear-inducing process, Mm -hmm. you know. So that's why I started my business. I can completely relate to that. But how, so obviously, how was the transition from the corporate world to working for yourself? Um, You know, obviously, when when you've worked in the corporate world, you're kind of, wired differently so you go through this huge (laughs) yeah unlearning process or unconditioning process so to speak um yeah and it can be a struggle it can be a struggle just to be in the flow (laughs) obviously you've got to be organized and everything but it's almost like you're always thinking 10 steps ahead or preempting things because that's the way you've been that's the way that you've been working for so long. But how did you find the transition? Uh, it was tricky. I was fortunate in that I had enough savings to be able to go cold turkey. Uh, mm-hmm. And I always recommend that if people do that, that they have a minimum of six months of savings that they can continue mm-hmm. to live at their present living standards. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it was a shock to the system. <laughs> That's for sure, you know, in in having to kind of show up and be on and in front of everybody every day to being at home in leggings and (laughs) gumpers and ugg boots. Yeah, Yeah. it's pretty different. But I took it slowly and Mm -hmm. just did it one client at a time, you know. I started off cold calling, which now I just cannot comprehend that that worked but it did I called uh-huh. people and asked them about their life and oh god crazily enough people would say yeah I want your help amazing and so thankfully that didn't last long and then mm-hmm. I had some clients and was able to refer to them to the new clients ran workshops and people liked what was going on so they decided mm-hmm. they wanted to do that workshop stuff one-on-one great yeah. So I understand that you've also spent some time in Asia and stuff. So yeah. what, how did you land in, up in Asia from a corporate background to going cold turkey and then in Asia and obviously doing your workshops <laughs> and everything as a life coach? But it's like, what are you, 
So let's talk about your journey in Asia. How did you find it? How did you land up there? So what and what um, what inspired you to go there, or was it just a, a call for you to go to travel? Oh, look, I've always loved traveling, but with most of the major decisions or anything I've decided in my life, it's always just kind of fallen into my lap, which sounds incredibly lucky, but I think it's a case of saying, you know, how can I be the most magnificent version of myself? How can I help other people? How can I do things that inspire me and other people? And then mm. that sort of helps. So the Asia thing, uh, I was already doing uh, coaching in the corporate world and then mm. one of my friends uh, was working at a school over in, in Cambodia and uh, they were looking to, for people to help uh, particularly the teenage boys okay. get their confidence up and to be able to get out into the workforce rather than having no jobs and kind of ending up as youth on the street and falling into yeah. a bad pattern. So uh, I was able to go over there and work with these boys. They were pretty reluctant, I must say. <laughs> but one-on-one. <laughs> teenage to be able boys, to... yeah. Totally. I uh, do be able to help them kind of get out of their own heads in one yeah. in one respect, and then also do the practical stuff. Do you have a resume? What's that? Okay. Well, let's let's sit down and physically write one out on a yeah. piece of paper, and then let's mm-hmm. photocopy it. So yeah, uh, that's what I did there, and then I also did my yoga teacher training in India too. So I love it. Oh, lovely. So where did you go in India to do your yoga teacher training? Uh, down in the south in Kerala, so Kerala. about that is a beautiful two part hours of away India. from Beijing. That is a beautiful part of India. Heaven. It's Did you travel anywhere else in India? Well, I went about uh, a year ago back uh, to uh, an ashram that I totally adore by my guru's guru over there. So uh-huh. um, that's at Sri Puran. You know it. That's in South India as well, isn't it, I suppose? Is it in South uh, India? So it's three hours away from Chennai. Chennai, yeah, so it's kind of west. So my family is... Middle. Because, yeah, my family is actually from um, Punjab, so we're like North oh. India. So, yeah, so that's where my uh, grandparents moved from, like nearly, God, how many years ago? 15 years oh. ago. <laughs> Uh, and so, Phenomenal. you know, it's like, yeah, 50 odd years ago. So, you know, being the first, one of the first uh, grandchildren to be born here, but still um, keeping ties with India and stuff, oh. going back and forth now and again. So it is amazing. Oh, I mean, India gosh, is an amazing country. So it's like so big. It's like, where do you go <laughs> and where don't you? <laughs> but how oh, gosh, did you it's find... Absolutely massive. So how did you find um, living out in India? Because obviously you said that you've gone back to the ashram. So what were you learning when you went to the ashram and stuff? And obviously that's probably um, had a big impact on your spiritual journey. How would you say it's impacted you? How would you say it has impacted you? Like from what you were when you were younger to who you are now, are you a lot calmer? Um, 
I mean, the feeling that I get with you is that you've always been very open-minded and you've always stood your mm. ground. But how would you I think my mum would agree with the second one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, being an intuitive, so I'm just like, kind of, that's just what's coming through to me. So I was just wondering, but how, how did your journey to, like, Asia, like, Cambodia and India kind of change you as a person or change your approach to life because obviously we all go through phases in life when we've had um like situations and circumstances have changed um you know through one aspect or another whether it's through friends family you know mm. a tragedy if not a tragedy something like some, an occurrence has taken place and it's like kind of completely changed our direction in life. How would you say yeah. that you, you going to Asia changed you and put you on I your journey to where you are now? The, I think the biggest way, and it's still, it's probably a lifelong journey for me, is yeah. uh, surrendering control. Uh, as as a recovering perfectionist and a bit of a Taipei personality, it's just wired in me to want to control everything. So from, you know, from work to business to relationships to family, all of that. And I think my experiences uh, in, in both of those countries helped with that. You know, even when I was doing my yoga teacher training, mm -hmm. the first two weeks I was so wired and cranky and angry in that people probably <laughs> wouldn't have known because I'm very good at, yeah. I was very good at keeping a mask on. But, you know, I, we were taught by monks, which is sort of another layer to that. And yeah, they, at least the monks that, that taught, us they'd talk for one topic for five hours and people would be sitting there wanting to go to the bathroom <laughs> wanting to get up and have a bit of a wriggle and I was sitting there from an HR background going oh my gosh this is not learning tradition this is not how we do it this is not how people learn don't they know <laughs> and my mind was just going a thousand miles an hour so furious that they weren't doing things the way that I would do them. Mm. And it's, I was doing this one yoga class in the middle of the training and then I just burst into tears, like these uncontrollable sobs, you know, the, the shoulders mm. shaking and the lot. And I just, I didn't stop for about 15 minutes. And... Okay, we've lost Tammy. Uh, hi! <laughs> Technology oh, is man. lost. It's like, why oh. the next minute? You've disappeared. I, was, I had absolutely no clue what happened. I was sitting there like a mad woman do, doing everything with thousands of screens around me. <laughs> so sorry for sorry, anybody who okay. was watching. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but... Anyway, so we were talking about <laughs> your journey in Asia. Like, you, as you mentioned earlier, you went to Cambodia. You also spent time in India. And recently you went back to the ashram. 
Um, and I had asked how your, how your time there had changed you as a person. So you were talking about, um, if I remember, yeah, you, you were talking about being there, learning yoga, and in one of your classes, you just burst into tears. What, actually, <laughs> what, what caused that? What, what a fabulous time for the, the video to cut out, hey? <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe spirit what I now understand. Were... Yeah. <laughs> what I understand now as to what happened during that time when I, I just had what felt like a complete mental, emotional, spiritual breakdown was that mm-hmm. it was just an undoing and an unravelling of all of the the thought forms, the learnings that I had around who I had to be in this world, in mm-hmm. this life, how I had to present myself. And it, in practical terms, unraveled how controlling I, I was on the world around me. Now, that is still very much a, uh, a lesson in process as we speak. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if I even look at how I would have responded to the video cutting out pre that time I would have absolutely have been in a mental meltdown I would have been sweaty and nervous and just a a wreck whereas despite it not being ideal I actually had a slight giggle while it was all happening while I was trying to fix it all so I mean that contrast is so massive in my world so I'm very Mm -hmm. very very grateful yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, I think, I mean, I've not been, I'm, I've not been to any of these yoga teachings or anything like that. But from my understanding, it's very in-depth teachings of why yeah. you're doing that, the whole process of yoga and what it means, because it's the breath of life. That's so it, it's, it, it is the breath of life and the poor, the pure form of yoga is the breathing technique yes you're doing the stretches you're doing the surya namaskar and everything and you're doing all the other um poses as well but each individual pose has a meaning to it because obviously it it's ancient um ancient knowledge which is which has been passed down generation to generation but i mean since you've learned the pure form what is your take on like these different forms of yoga that are being formed around us? Like obviously you've got Hatha yoga, you've got Kundalini yoga, but it's almost like, but if that's not yoga, it's purest form, but how do you find, find the differences in that compared to what you've learned? You know what? So I, I did learn the, the pure form and the Hatha style um, where yoga mm-hmm. came from, basically. But the way that I look at it is, you know, you've got your, your vinyasa, your Bikram, Kundalini, you've got all of these different ones. And I sort of look at it mm-hmm. like they're all different flavors of ice cream. You know? And yeah. some people are going to like pistachio flavor and some people are going to want chocolate. It doesn't make that ice cream any less than 
because it's different. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. all good because it's all ice cream, you know? So yeah. everybody's going to mm -hmm. be different in what floats their boat and what helps them become closer to their very essence. So if they're a Bikram mm -hmm. kind of guy, go for it. If that makes their their energy yeah. bring up and their heart come alive, great, mm -hmm. go for it. It's not my thing, but go for it, you know? Yeah. Cool, because they always say variety is the spice of life anyway. So the more you learn... Totally. The more, the more you are open to see things coming your way. I mean, obviously, so how did you find your totally. visit in, how did you find your visit in the ashram? Completely different from day-to-day -day living in Australia, no doubt. Do they live in a very simple way <laughs> in, in the ashram? Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of curry. Um, uh, I found it amazing and and really very soul enriching. There is just mm -hmm. this undeniable essence in the air that's like walking through magic and miracles seem to occur on a daily basis in this particular mm -hmm. ashram and it's just a thinner veil between us and all of the other amazing stuff that's going on in the universe there. Whereas here, it's like, well, sort of in Western culture, it's like all of the stuff that happens day to day. So traffic mm -hmm. and work and arguments and all of these sort of things mm -hmm. seem to cloud up the energy space a lot more than when I'm in an ashram or a holy place or a spiritual place for sure. I mean, do you mm -hmm. find that as well? I do definitely find that. I mean, obviously, having been born and brought up in the UK, um, like whenever we've been to <laughs> India, it's a completely different ball game. But I think, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> but what I found is, what I found is, having come from a uh, like a spiritual family, anyway. Um, like all my grandparents were very spiritual in their own way and everything. Um, I've always, I have all, oh. I've, even though I've lived in the UK all my life, I have, I have experienced miracles here, not just over there as well. So maybe it's just Me the too. essence Me too. of who I am in the family. But it's just, um, I think depending where you go, I mean, I remember going to India a couple of years ago, we went to um, Shuri. Um, uh, I don't know if you've heard of ah, Sai Baba. Right. Sai Baba from Shuri. We went there and it was such yeah. an amazing experience. It, it was such an amazing experience just to be there. I mean, even going to the Golden Temple in Amritsar, um, it, it's just an amazing, amazing. experience. And this, the... Yeah. The sense of peace that you get, you don't get that anywhere. You know, it, it, it's, it's, there's very few places that I've been to where you get that essence of being at one with source, you know, or one with universal God, however yeah. you want to describe it, you know, and, it, and also the people yeah. they have there as well. You know, it's like there's this, oh. there's this inner peace that they have around them. I mean, near where I live here, um, there's a monastery and whenever I need that serene oh. calmness 
I go to that monastery, they have this meditation place there. I mean, it's like a medieval kind of environment there, and it's just so, so beautiful. Amazing. So it's just, it's just like being at one with nature, you know. But the essence, oh, I think it's, it's amazing. Having the people, it's having the right people around you that has that impact on you as well, I feel. I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, have you met any... Did any of your friends go with you to the ashram or did you make friends there who are from Australia who you meet up with still? Um, and how did well, they I, find it? How has, how has it impacted their journeys? I have a, a spiritual teacher here in Australia and uh, even though it's, it's non-religious, non-denominational, um, the ashram does follow a lot of... Um, the the Indian mythology and spiritual traditions. So yeah. uh, it's not, it wasn't quite the shock that I think maybe somebody else would have um, in that, mm-hmm. you know, I have a wardrobe full of Punjabi suits <laughs> for when the need arises. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, think we I were in a big group. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many and just places to wear them here, quite frankly. <laughs> Um, uh, so I went with a group from the ashram and I think that really helped bridge the gap of the, the cultural differences that are in mm-hmm. ashram life, in Indian day-to-day life and then um, the, the Australian day-to-day life that I'm used to here as well. So mm-hmm. uh, it was amazingly special and, you know, one day there felt like five days as far as uh, – learnings and growth and the highs and the lows and the tears mm-hmm. and the laughter so it, yeah it, I felt really special in that space for yeah sure. I mean it, it it's a journey within itself it's almost like you're kind of cleansing your soul if that makes sense it's oh, like you're time. cleansing your you're cleansing your soul from um I don't know, materialistic ties from burdens that you don't need anymore things that don't matter Mm. and would you find that over the last couple of years as you've been more immersed in your journey that it's it's made you more freer um and you're feeling more relaxed now than what you were a couple of years ago absolutely um but it's one those double-edged swords in that yes and no i find that every time i get to a layer where i I go, oh, I got this. Another layer of, of clearing comes up ready to go. <laughs> yeah. So as, as soon as I think, you know, I think a relationship, everyone... for example, I'm like, I'm all over this. I got this. And then another thing comes up and I go, oh, hang on a second. I thought I had that sorted. <laughs> so, yes, absolutely. Exactly. Much calmer, uh, much freer. But with that. <laughs> yeah but it's that continuous like you said it's like shedding the layers continuously yeah. unlearning um what we've learned undoing the conditioning yeah. because obviously if you think about it we are conditioned beings from what our parents have been conditioned to what our grandparents were conditioned to so it's like we're undoing yeah. everything from one generation to another yeah. to another um and we are becoming yeah. a lot more aware on a conscious level whereas 20 years ago we probably weren't as conscious um but how are you finding 
how are you finding um, working with clients? How do they, how would you approach your clients with your learnings? And do you find that there's resistance with them? Or are they kind of on the same level? Or, I mean, obviously not everyone's going to be on the same level, but are they open to learning and the changing and the transformation that's that they want in their life because I know that some people they want to but then there's that resistance to change they want something to change but then there is that resistance how do you overcome that with them Oh, I think everybody has resistance to change, no matter how spiritually evolved they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think so. With, with your your first question, my clients uh, are totally on the journey. But something that I do before every client session is that I say um, to the universe, "Please use me as a tap through which universal guidance, wisdom." learning and healing flows through in the exact flavor that this client requires. And Mm -hmm. that always makes me feel a little bit more held when I'm running a session because not every client needs an energetic healing. Some of them need to sort Mm -hmm. out their LinkedIn profile. So (laughs) we don't need to go through um, you know, basic tenets of yogic philosophy. They absolutely don't even need to ever mm. hear that probably in this this lifetime. Mm-hmm. They just need to ask for forgiveness from their estranged mum or something. So every client session is totally mm-hmm. different. And some of them aren't going to require that, but they're always open to... Uh, new and out-of-the-box styles of coaching because I I won't take a client Mm -hmm. on unless they're ready to change, which uh, the way that I I measure that is if they're just over it. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. They're, they're working at work or they've got their business and they're just over it. Like it's fine. It's all okay. If they kind of continued on as they were, it would be okay. But if they're just over it, that means they're willing to change. And then I'll say, look, I use a mix of techniques that are traditional coaching stuff and then your left of centre, woo-woo, hippy-dippy, yoga stuff, Eastern stuff, are you in? And they go, all right, and then we'll, we'll give it a good crack. It sounds like but you, you, know, you have clients like you, as well. Yeah, I have clients How do yours as well. Go? So I, mine, everyone's different, obviously. So I have, yeah. um, everyone's different. I mean, obviously, I've worked with men and women. Um, I mean, I've, I feel as if I always end up attracting those clients who are kind of mirroring my lesson at the same time. I don't know if you find that Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. Um, recently, it's, recently, it's been more about self-love, accepting yourself for who you are mm-hmm. and releasing things and awesome. not holding a grudge against who, what's happened or anything, but it's almost like undoing the lessons, um, unconditioning yourself. And not only that, I think there's been a lot of, clearing of ancestral stuff as well recently so 
it's been pretty heavy. Oh I think the like, energies for the last two months. How do so you go about? How do you go about actually clearing ancestral ties, um, patterns, beliefs, all of that with clients? I'm fascinated. Well, this is something that I'm venturing into. I haven't really. I, I'm obviously I'm a um, Zekin Reiki master, so I'm actually using Reiki with it as well. So obviously, it's um, yes. I'm doing it on myself at the moment. So it's just really um, cool. tapping into what's happened and breaking that. I mean, at the moment, one of the one one of the areas that I'm looking at is scarcity mindset um, and how that's impacted the last three generations of my family. So, yeah, wow. and I'm sitting there and I'm my own guinea pig at the moment. So, actually, the last three generations, Same. hold on, it's <laughs> me, my mum and dad, my grandma. And for the last four generations, I actually come to think of it, I've had, had to work that one out for the last four generations. So, obviously, it, it's just changing it. But the thing is, obviously, where as we're developing and as we're becoming a lot more conscious, we're all developing our own, we're all getting downloads for different healing modalities. Whether you want to share that with yeah. somebody else, that's up to you. But it's about you kind of, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? You're evolving on a day-to-day -day basis. We're all evolving on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Some people are evolving a lot quicker, some people aren't. But the thing is, it's almost like, as you said, as we're taking layer away from layer, new things are coming up, which we didn't realise were there. But it's almost like, so in your journey, obviously, you've mm. got, like, as you mentioned before, you thought, yeah, I've got the hang of this. But how are you dealing with things on a day-to-day -day basis? Like, if you're peeling one layer away and a whole load of other things come up, yeah. how do you deal with it? I mean, because obviously being a coach... It's being mindful and it, there's a lot of uh, mindset work and also limiting beliefs. But do you find that sometimes mm. the limiting beliefs come up? Are you doing a lot of mindset work and how do you deal with it? I mean, when, if you're going through like a, a crisis, well, not a crisis per se, like you, you will have um, a trigger come up. How do you work through yeah. that? issue like that mindset do you do a lot of journaling obviously you're meditating you're being mindful obviously everyone has got their own technique but how do you overcome that and how do you apply that in your teachings as well helping others around you because you have a very calming so... influence <laughs> thank you <laughs> so I mean I have a as I'm sure you do too a very big toolkit of what I use dependent upon the day and the situation and the feeling and the mindset mm -hmm. and all of that sort of stuff but mm -hmm. probably the the most common one that I use is the style of energetic healing that I do sometimes with clients mm -hmm. as well which is um, it's referred to as ignite your spirit therapy and so if you were my client I would say something out loud like I now release, you'd say, I now release mm -hmm. all stress and anxiety, all stress and anxiety related to uh, scarcity mindset, 
for example. And so Mm -hmm. you can do that face-to-face with people and I definitely do that with clients, but I also do that at home. So if I've, Mm -hmm. let's say, a scarcity mindset, uh, I've fallen into that, you know, I'd sit at home, you know, I'd hold some crystals, I'd pop some incense all around and then I'd go through that process and, and, and say releases. So I now release all anxiety related to not having enough, not being enough, not being seen as enough, not being valued, mm-hmm. seen or heard, breathing in and oh, releasing it all out. Mm-hmm. And then I'd add back in the positive version of that. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd say something similar to I'm so grateful that I have enough. I'm so grateful mm-hmm. that I have an abundance of money and resources and love at my fingertips and so I'd really pull that into my body and and feel that in every Mm -hmm. single cell and because Mm -hmm. very conveniently I'm also clairvoyant so I can see it come in and out which is very helpful indeed (laughs) it does help it does help but sometimes I think having everyone's like oh you're so lucky to have to be an intuitive and it's just like well it's not this too like you said before it's like a double-edged sword you know I think we all go through we've all through been through our trials and tribulations in life it's not our journey necessarily hasn't been easy everyone you know everyone's like oh yeah but your life is perfect but you've got this gift you can tell what's going on but they don't understand that there's this panic going on underneath and they don't understand how we've, what we've been through to become who we are and where we've got to. So it's like your journey as an intuitive, how have you found it? Obviously, some people I feel it's been (laughs) tricky and challenging. Some people have found it painful, you know, some people, but it's almost like, You've got to find, it's like, it's been tricky, but would you say that you've kind of drawn strength from everything that's happened to become who you are now? Would you say that you've been through the lows where you've just lost yourself completely and you've not wanted to do anything, but it's taken you a lot to find yourself again? Yeah, I, you know, the, the, the classic dark soul of the night, absolutely. I've, I've mm. definitely experienced that. And mm. I think it's sometimes from great depths and incredible strength of emotions on the negative side that we can really, yeah. really pull our strength, learn and grow, and then in, in our case be able to help other people as well. But yeah. Um, I, I believe that the lessons match the, the spiritual age, you could say, of the individual. Yeah. So no, I believe that nobody's given a lesson that they can't handle. So, you know, yeah. kids in year 12, they're given calculus maths problems. Kids in year one are given one, one plus one and two plus two, and that doesn't take mm. away from the lessons of either of those individuals. That's yeah. where they're at and that's what's going to help them evolve and grow. Yeah. So uh, I'm very grateful. It, it's, it, it is a tricky road, but I, I don't think it's less tricky for people who aren't on the spiritual path. I think mm. they've just got a different flavour, if that makes yeah. sense. 
Yeah, no, that, that definitely makes sense. It's like, obviously, we're all here to learn our lessons, good, bad, yeah. and the ugly, no matter how they are, oh, you know, but heavens. it's all for us to become the person that we ultimately need to be um, yeah. for our higher self or the betterment for ourselves and for others around us. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't be where you are if you hadn't gone through what you had been through in life I wouldn't be where I am at this stage and we wouldn't be connecting yeah. either exactly you it's know. all family so <laughs> it's all family so everyone it, it's like everyone's got this whole their own um approach to things you know some people see things as half full some see the glass and sorry see the glass as being half full some see it as half empty so it all comes down to perception a mindset. Obviously, there yeah. are there have been moments which I'm sure you'll agree, where you've seen the glass is not half full but half empty. But then, obviously, oh, working through your emotions, <laughs> you've overcome it and everything. But what yeah. are your plans now? I mean, what would you say? Where would you? Hold on. Okay, what's coming through? Okay, so <laughs> how would you want things? to change around you over the next six months to a year because obviously I feel as if you've got plans for expansion you want are you going to go back to India and do stuff what are you planning on doing with the work that you're doing because obviously it's like you're doing fantastic work with people out in Australia and I'm sure you've probably got clients overseas as well but are you planning on going back to Asia as well India, Cambodia, what are your plans for the next couple of months for the, or the next year or so? <laughs> well, I definitely, I definitely have clients around the globe, which is lovely. I uh, was just Skyping a client probably down the road from you in London um, uh, just an hour ago or so. So um, I, I love the global concept, but something that I have noticed is working one-on-one while it feels fantastic and makes massive impacts is that I've always had this calling to make a really global impact and so Mm -hmm. uh, something that I'll be releasing in the next couple of days uh, is I've created an online course called uh, learning to manage your high functioning anxiety and so that is aimed at individuals who have anxiety-based symptoms uh, Mm -hmm. who are still very very capable of functioning at a high level you know outwardly they'd be seen as very successful Uh, Mm -hmm. they can get things done they're the go-to person they never say no they're always held in quite high esteem and so I've I've created a course that I'm I'm literally about to hit the button on um, either tonight or tomorrow okay things Hello. <laughs> Third time is a charm. <laughs> Heavens Third above. You know. <laughs> Third time lucky, I hope. Third time lucky, I hope. Uh, so, let's see what we've got <laughs> Right. We've so, nailed it. We've nailed it. Like, come on, this is like third time, third 
third time lucky and hopefully like you know we've had some people jump on and everything so that's been quite good but it's just like this is technology for you and I've never had this problem before and I'm sure you haven't I know Michelle has me neither I know Michelle has had some issues before in the past um it's just so funny um but anyway as you so we were talking um about uh journeys and stuff so obviously everyone's journey is different um you know some people you know trials and tribulations and you know, everyone's at different stages. I mean, I, I don't know if you're finding this, um, that people are becoming a lot more conscious on a spiritual level. It's almost like yeah. they are um, leaving their old belief patterns, their old thought patterns behind and embracing a more open mind towards things. Um, yeah. And their philosophy philosophy of life is changing as well do you you think yeah I think it's um probably the openness to experience is increasing the the general Mm -hmm. curiosity is definitely up leveling in my experience and Mm -hmm. if I look at so when I worked in in corporate I remember um uh, offering a mindfulness workshop about eight or nine years ago and I remember there was just so much resistance to it that, you know, I almost had to pull people in, not quite kicking and screaming, but if you come, you know, I'll owe you one kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas now I I get booked all the time to run mindfulness mm-hmm. meditation workshops in, in large mm-hmm. corporates. So uh, what a change. That that really demonstrates that the appetite for understanding ourselves and getting closer to a calmer, more authentic version of ourselves is, is absolutely on its way. What do you, do you think that people are being more open to it? Because a lot more people, there's a lot more stress in everyday life. Um, you know, corporate employees are like kind of work to the bone, literally. They're so, you know, they're working all hours that, God sending, yeah. you know, it's almost like, like a 35 hour week really turns into a 50 or a 60 hour week, depending on yeah. what job you're doing. Um, so do you feel as if it is because of that or what do you think it could be? I mean, obviously, I know eight, nine years ago, you know, mindfulness was just coming in slowly, but it's almost like. You know, like some some things come in and they're like a fad. Do you think that, that people are thinking that mindfulness is a fad or are they actually becoming more accepting of that people need to be more mindful in order to be more in the moment and accepting of things the way they are? Because obviously, like you said, like you used to be like a complete control freak and you're still trying <laughs> not to <laughs> be like that. You're, yes. <laughs> you're trying to slow down and be open and kind of go with the flow obviously we've, we've had a few tech issues but you know we're not, we're not freaking out we're just laughing about it whereas I and I, I can yeah. completely relate to you having come from a corporate background myself you know having worked in corporate for years and years 
you know, everybody would be freaking out if the conference call wasn't working, if, you know, the presentation had dropped no. and, you know, calling IT or, you know, visual yes. VA and everything and you'd have to get the tech, like, we've got to, we have to have someone here. But, you know, they're like, yeah, but no one can come for yeah. the next hour and you'll be like, oh, and then you'd be like sorting things out yourself. But yeah. what do you feel? Is it, Do you think that people are thinking that, that are taking this as a fad or are people genuinely becoming more accepting that they need to be more mindful and in the moment whereas like you said before you know you'd be like I owe you a favor if you'd come to this workshop <laughs> I think it's uh I, I don't think it's a fad I think people are really mm. it's only just starting to soak in though yeah I think uh the excitement of mindfulness might be a fad but I think the the depth of it is is slowly slowly starting to seep in and I think that's represented even in our everyday language you know Mm -hmm. I don't think my parents would have ever mentioned anything growing up of you know it's really important to be mindful or let's be mindful about our dinner Mm -hmm. they're they're just not even words that I heard growing up necessarily but um I hope it's a bridge to even more depth and understanding about how to interact with ourselves and and others and how to spread more joy and compassion because Mm -hmm. you can only do that if you understand where you are in this very moment. So I'm hopeful that it's, it's a bridge to somewhere even potentially greater for sure. We can only... I feel definitely, I mean, I think that if you're in a stressed state of mind, and I'm, I'm sure you've found this, you're not doing yourself any favours or anybody else any favours. Um, no. You know, and forget about, you're more probably, you may show compassion to somebody else, even if you're in a stressed state of mind, but the same compassion yeah. that you're showing others, it's important to show it to yourself. Um, and. Yeah. And also self-love. You can express love and care towards everybody else, but you need to express it to yourself as well. You know? First. Um, yeah. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> you do. I mean, obviously, on a daily basis, um, and less of the negative self-talk, uh, less of the self-doubt as well. But if that's what you've had from day one, it's very difficult to switch it off straight away and we've all it's like we are all perfect in our own way with our imperfections people haven't been um accepting of their flaws as much you know so people have been I I mean some people may say oh they're really selfish but nobody knows what that person's going through um, you know, and we've, we've got to be a bit more judgmental. And obviously, no one's perfect. We all can be judgmental at times without even being aware of it. But I, yeah. what I've found a lot more recently is that people need to be a lot more self-loving towards themselves. I mean, like recent clients that I've had, they're always looking for the happiness outside, but they actually need to find that happiness inside. They need to, need to be nurturing themselves on the inside instead of looking for approval from outside or 
other people giving them that love. I don't know if you've been finding that with your clients as well, but it just seems yeah. to be a theme that I found in the last couple of months. And, you know, I mean, when you look at your own life, it's such an eye-opener that the people around you, to a certain degree, are mirroring things that are going on in your life at this moment in time, or that have been going on. So obviously it's constant work in progress I mean with my clients I've always said to them you've got to remember that you're you are project me and you are a continuous <laughs> work in progress and that you are the most important project that you can ever work on no one else is going to be that project and until yeah, you are fully happy within yourself or continuously feel happy you know you're going to have moments where you've um heal, okay you're gonna heal yourself but then you're gonna pull, peel away another layer like you said earlier something else is gonna mm. come up right but it's very important not to preempt things i don't know if, if you have found this but i feel as if it's just really important to just go with the flow and just deal thing with things as they come up um and don't delve deeper than what you need to because if you delve deeper than what you need to, you might kind of stop your growth. Um, you know, in a way where the way you may slow down where you need. Oh, I can't get my words out tonight. <laughs> can't get my words out. <laughs> you may end up slowing your growth um, to evolve to the next level, if that makes sense. Um, you know, you may not so, be able to handle yeah. things. Or you may drag your feet too much and so do you mean come up against sort of the resistance? difference between letting things come and forcing the forcing the growth. Yeah. Don't 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 force the growth, just go with the flow because obviously yeah. energy just needs to flow. You can't force it. And it's like no matter I'm and I'm sure you found this working <laughs> in the corporate environment. It's been a long few days. Um even in the corporate environment when you've wanted things to be, get done nobody does it they'll just brush everything underneath to the bottom of the pile whereas if you left them to it they'd do it unless it was like deadlines deadlines and you apply pressure then they'd deliver <laughs> yeah oh, did you ever find yeah, that totally yes <laughs> Of course. And I think to your earlier point about self-love is the, the three things that I have found the, that make the biggest difference to people's lives throughout mm. my coaching practice is, mm. is there's three. So one is the ability to treasure ourselves with self-kindness. The second one is to love mm -hmm. and accept ourselves exactly as we are. And the third is to trust our gut and our intuition. And when those three things start to fall into place, they're the things that make mm -hmm. the biggest impact on day-to-day -day life, happiness, uh, manifestation, mm -hmm. all of the, the good stuff that mm -hmm. we want in our world. Yeah. So um, well, I mean, they're the things that I found. Mm. Yeah, I think what I found is that a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people, discredit their gut instinct so much um and that's the classic yeah. you know and it's almost like 
they're like, we, we want to manifest this, we want to manifest that, but it's not always easy to manifest things unless you've worked through those emotions. Do you find that? Uh, I find it's far easier to manifest things if I'm feeling calm, not controlling things, mm -hmm. feeling good with my family, uh, with my amazing partner, uh, with my work. If, if everything feels comfortable right. and I feel mm -hmm. at peace, things mm -hmm. just drop in. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it comes, sure. down to, it comes down to mindset. I mean, obviously I've come across a lot of people who like, we want to manifest this, but it's not happening. But it, it where's almost, my car? <laughs> yeah. So if, if someone, so if someone came to you and like, all right, I've set this intention. Like, I want, like, for example, yeah. I want a car. This is the type of car I want. I don't know. Say, an Audi A8 or something. I don't know. You know, some flashy car. And nothing's happening. How would you tell them to? What techniques would you give them um, to try and manifest their ideal car? Hi, Paul. So I think so your most people... <laughs> your most typical uh, manifestation process is uh, to have a vision board. There is one just here. Uh, so cut out a picture of it, stick it in front of your workplace, put it in the background of your phone so you're physically seeing it all the time and mm -hmm. that helps to kick into gear your reticular uh, activating system which mm -hmm. allows for uh, things that you're already focusing on to be pulled closer to you. Uh, but mm -hmm. if they're doing all of that already, for example, I always go down the path of, that's when we need to stop being so attached to it and truly surrender our attachment to having mm -hmm. that car, that job, that husband, whatever it is. And the way I personally visualise it is in our supermarkets here, I can't remember, I used to live in London, I can't remember, but um, next to the, the supermarket registers, they have these clear cash tubes. And so when the, the registers have too much money in them, they put it in these funny little canisters and they go, Fum. Yeah, yeah, we still have them. You've here got those? As well. Yeah, we still yeah. have them, yeah. So when I am doing my best to surrender something, so let's say the e course that I'm launching in the next couple of days, of course. Course, I want that to do gloriously well. Yeah. But I know it's important to surrender my attachment to it. So what I do once I've done everything I can do for that course to make it approachable, easy to understand, da da da, mm -hmm. is I close my eyes and I visualize putting everything to do with that course into a cash tube, and then I let yeah. it get sucked up and I visualize it going up into the universe. And I'm like, well, yeah. I've done my bit. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you find do you find that that um manifestation technique works for you because obviously yes I what do. works for you will will not necessarily work for someone else but it's about getting into no. that moment and finding something that works for you but I just feel as if a lot of I don't know if you find this yourself but I feel as if a lot of people kind of um attach themselves too much to the outcome it's like they clutching at straws to yeah. really get the outcome but it's 
again, it comes down to being mindful and going with the flow. It's the nature of humanity. We, we want a certain outcome, of course. Yeah. <laughs> we want our lots of money or our glamorous partner or whatever it is. Of course we want mm. that stuff. But, um, you know, trusting in a world that's bigger than you and a universe that knows best is mm. takes practice. You know, that, that takes time. Uh, so... Yeah. If all else fails, pray to your peeps, whoever they are, and say, please help me to surrender this. Please, please help me to let go of my attachment to this particular event, situation or happening. And then that's that's my last-ditch effort, basically. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel like you've changed over the last five years? Like, obviously, you've had... A massive transformational journey from the corporate environment to where you are now but how do you like if you look back at childhood and compare your life now to childhood is it completely different or where did you envision envision, where did you think you would be as an adult compared to when you were a child Um, you know are you still are you similar to when you were a child obviously we all evolve but there's (laughs) but is that is that is that little is that inner child tammy still there that was that bright sparky that's more happier now than when you were in the corporate world or was little tammy stressed out when you were in the corporate world uh, little Tammy was stressed out as little Tammy. So I was a, you know, I was a bit of a nervous child in, even at high school, you know, if I didn't get the, the scores that I wanted to get, it, mm-hmm. it was the end of the world, you know. But mm-hmm. I think I am still the same individual but softened mm-hmm. is how I'd respond, yeah. So you're a lot more calmer than what you were but still on edge at times yeah I'm a human (laughs) if I'm in traffic it's still going to bother me sometimes that's for sure (laughs) and that's all good and that's all good (laughs) you know I I I read somewhere that it's um that it it said you don't actually want to learn from the master you want to learn from somebody who's who's learnt their way to get there because the master doesn't understand the process to get to point A, whereas mm-hmm. the person who's gone through uh, the, the mud and the dirt, dirt and the grime and, and the time and the energy that that, that requires understands mm. what that process is like and has greater compassion and techniques and tools mm. to be able to give their students. So yeah. I absolutely was never the master of of calm and mindfulness and then I have have absolutely worked my way there (laughs) I think we all have we all have you know it it's like if we didn't go through all that we wouldn't be who we are now we we wouldn't be able to relate to people who have been in corporate environments I mean when we spoke 
originally it was like, do I need to prepare anything? I was like, no, we're just going to go with the flow. And you were like, I'm still learning. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that so true. And that was only a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Look, it's a, it's a balance for me and, it, and it, I think it probably always will be. I believe our strengths are also our weaknesses and so yeah. I don't want to give away the the strengths that come with that and it's it's about, for me, a, a softening of that and yeah. ensuring that I can still be a productive and effective in the world mm. while maintaining my spiritual path and journey and having yeah. a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Uh, yeah. I don't aspire to be the, the Zen monk who mm. doesn't get phased by the traffic. Mm. Uh, I aspire to be the, the rawest, most authentic, most beautiful version of my soul that I can be. Mm. And this is how it manifests as we're at at the moment. And I'm cool yeah. with that. It's all the journey, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I remember when going for interviews years ago, what's your strengths? What's, what are your weaknesses? And oh, that my response <laughs> I think a lot of people hate that question. But my response would be, well, your weakness can become your strength depending on the situation and circumstance. And as you said, your strength can become your weakness. So it swings and roundabouts. Exactly. It's taking the good and the bad, you know, and it, it, it's never going to be the same all the time. So, I mean, next time around, it'll probably That's be right. you on the flip side and me on the other side. So... <laughs> that's right just for an example so you know but yeah but I mean what and with your new course that you've got that you're launching mm. how are you how is that going to help others I mean obviously this is something I I feel you've gone through yourself and you've applied to yourself yeah how do you feel your course would help others so is this, who, are, who is the course aimed at as well? It's aimed at people with high-functioning anxiety. So people who mm -hmm. uh, are strivers, they're ambitious, they're either on their way to success or already there. Mm -hmm. However, underneath that mask, they are excessively worrying, they are perfectionists, struggle to delegate anything to anybody else and hold themselves and other people to unrealistic high expectations. So it's, uh, it's a six-week course essentially to manage all of that stuff. So each week mm -hmm. has a different theme. So, for example, the first week is uh, on managing your perfectionism and then the second week is on releasing the grip of holding all of your nearest and dearest to the high standards that feels natural and normal for you. Yeah. So the relationships in your world, you know. So um, each week has a different theme and then they build on the techniques that they learn each week and there's also mm -hmm. a live healing and clearing meditation to be able to clear some of those etheric and energetic blocks that are going to come up and are already there mm -hmm. as we're going through the process as well. So I'm super proud of it. It's, it's 
it's amazing. I'm really proud. It's awesome. It sounds exciting, though, definitely. It is. So, yeah. so when are you launching it? In the next couple of days? Today? Tomorrow? Next couple of days. So I will add the link to the course underneath this live. So anybody yeah. who's liked any of the three videos, I'll pop it there so they can check it out if it, if it floats their boat. Yeah. yeah, by all means. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, they can go to my website, visionscopecoaching.com. I am on yep. Facebook under Vision Scope Coaching. Uh, and mm -hmm. send me an email, text, anything at all, and we can have a chat about what is going to best help their, them achieve their full potential. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much, Tammy, despite our little technical, <laughs> technological Hiccups, but we've got there in the end in three separate videos, <laughs> but hey. It's all but good. Hopefully we, it's all good. It's all good. That's the way it was meant to be. Testing your patience yeah. as well, I think. <laughs> it hasn't affected me. It's so, all good. <laughs> it's all good. So but hopefully we will catch up again, um, maybe in like a month or so, and see how you're getting on with your, after your course and stuff. And we can talk That'd more awesome. about your journey. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Great. Well, great. Back Thank you. you very much for joining me. <laughs> and I My will pleasure. catch up with you soon. Okay. Thank you Take for care. having me. Bye, Jag. Bye. <laughs>